0: Hello, everyone. My guest today is Patrick Campbell. He's the CEO of ProfitWell, the software for helping subscription companies with their monetization and retention strategies. ProfitWell also provides free, absolutely accurate subscription financial metrics for over 8,000 companies. Prior to Price Intelligently, which is obviously part of ProfitWell and what Patrick's building, he led strategic initiatives for Boston-based Gemvara and was an economist at Google in the U.S. intelligence community. Patrick, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. Okay, so first off, establish the relationship between profit well and price intelligently and how they feed each other.
1: Yeah, definitely. So Price Intelligently started, uh, that was the first company, the first product, um, software product that was focused on measuring willingness to pay and value. So basically helping people with their pricing. Um, we quickly pivoted into a tech enabled service, which basically means um, you can't buy our software without our people and you can't buy our people without our software. And then about three years ago, we were sitting with a company that was about to IPO, helping them with their pricing. Um, and essentially they we found out their MRR was completely calculated incorrectly. Um, and so we started. ProfitWell because we wanted a little bit more of a scalable software product that was cheaper or in this case free. Um, and so essentially what's happened is we have a number of different paid products. And so the ProfitWell brand, um, we're changing our name to ProfitWell overall in the next couple of months so that because um, it's a little bit more all-encompassing for the different things that we do in the subscription economy.
0: Now, how do you manage, uh, we talked technically pre-call about this, obviously margins between SaaS and a high-touch human product are very different. Um, two questions there. One, how do you manage margins on both outlets? And two, how do you manage your time uh, focused on kind of professional services versus pure play, low touch SaaS software?
1: Yeah, totally. So on, on the margin front, our margins are actually SaaS style margins on the pro serve side. Um, and the reason that we get that is because we're not selling like a ser- traditional service. Like it's not like you go into HubSpot and you ask for some training and they'll give you some training for 40% margin or something like that. We're actually selling it as a product and as the team comes with the product, if you will. Um, and that just comes down to good pricing, which is basically we have really, really good pricing, which allows us to go after really, really high ARPU as well as really, really good automation to make sure that our margin are in the 85. Five, you know, 90% range, similar to a regular software product. Um, from like a team management perspective, um, this just comes down to hiring, you know, the right people. And so for a long time, we basically managed both products kind of separately. So we had a, almost like a Price Intelligently team and then we had a ProfitWell team. Now those teams are starting to blend together, but we still have um, essentially a GM of Price Intelligently where he runs both the sales side for that product as well as the actual fulfillment um, with the tech-enabled services team.
0: Got it. And you're able to keep kind of The margin's high on there because it's supported by software. So you make the humans smarter with the software.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's not custom. So it's not like you can come to us and like if you were – going to McKinsey or something like that and say, Hey, help us with this custom thing. We have a very like clear playbook that our software kind of what, um, writhes into, which then allows us to make sure that we're not, um, you know, not eating at that margin with like, Oh, we're going to do this whole other project. That's going to cost us, you know, another 10, 20 hours, things like that.
0: I want to dive more into profit well as a company itself, but I'm also just interested in the data set that you get to see on a daily basis. What's the number one mistake you would say, uh, you know, SaaS entrepreneurs are making when it comes to pricing.
1: Um, number one mistake, and this is a real tactical one, um, cause I don't want to say like focusing on the customer cause that's true, but it's not tactical yeah, that's enough. That's too fluffy um, for me. You know that. I know. I know. Um, so I would say not using a value metric. Um, so a value metric is what you charge for per user. Um, you reference Halligan a lot, um, you know, on this, this particular point. And I think that you need to be charging based on where the value is ascribed in your product. So per seat, per contacts, per amount of data enriched, per et cetera, because it bakes in expansion revenue into your actual business model. Um, so that even if you're not really that good at customer success, you're not good at sales, you're not good at pricing, you at least have this lever that's automatically expanding revenue within your business to get to some beautiful net negative churn. So that's the big thing on price. I would say from a tactical standpoint.
0: Most of these companies that have broken into the 50, 60, 70, or 100 million plus ARR range have nailed net negative churn. And it always comes down to they don't just have one or two utility based pricing axes, but they have three, four, five, six, seven, even more sometimes. Is there any point at which the complexity of that actually decreases your ability to drive sales or just pricing communication
1: in general? Totally. It, it's a function, the complexity, you can get more complex the, the deeper your sales process is, less complex, you know, the more touchless your sales process is. So when you're selling a HubSpot, for instance, which has uh, on the low end, it has context, features, users, um, and a couple other factors, um, they have a whole sales team. You can't buy HubSpot without talking to a salesperson who can very easily tailor that pricing to you and then very easily kind of explain anything that's, you know, walking through. Whereas you go to a Bitbucket, which is even a dev product or a GitHub, which is a dev product. You know, they've kept it very simple with per user. Um, I think both of them now, GitHub used to do per repos. Um, but it's one of those things where if you don't have a sales process, you have to make it a lot simpler. Um, so that's that's typically the thing that kind of is the function. And it's also your buyer. So a dev-focused buyer, if you've ever tried to buy AWS, it's super complicated. A dev buyer is going to go in, look at every toggle and, and basically is comfortable with that. You're going to sell to a marketer or a salesperson, like the average marketer or a salesperson. Um, they're not going to have the patience to go through all of those things because their job is just different and their thinking is just a little bit different. So I would say there's less, there's not really a heuristic I can give you. It's really dependent on what your sales and acquisition process looks like, as well as who the actual buyer is or the technical aptitude of that buyer.
0: Profit well, what's your utility-based pricing uh, kind of axis that you price around and what's the average customer pay you per month?
1: Yeah. So Profitable is free. Um, the metrics, the baseline metrics are free. So you plug in Stripe, Zora, or whatever you're using, and you get free access. And I can get into why we gave it away for free, but um, we have a number of products that sit on top of it, including Price Intelligently. So Price Intelligently, um, it's value-based pricing based on the size of our customer as well as the scope of what they want us to help with on the pricing side. So it's a little bit of features as well as their size. Um, we have a product called Retain that solves your churn. That is that value metrics, the purest value metric can get. It's based on cash that we recover for you. So if we don't make you money, you don't pay anything. If we make you a lot of money, you pay us a lot of money, but it's not as much as we made you. Um, and then we have a profit um, recognized product, which is an accounting product that basically is priced based on the size of the company as well. Um, so that's kind of the utility, but it, if you'll notice, like all of those are different value metrics that as they grow, we're also going to grow in our revenue theoretically.
0: Yep. So if I, if I forced you to an average, I mean, are people paying you like 10 bucks a month? Oh, or yes, a month? Man, sorry. Yeah, it's okay.
1: Um, So we focus on, um, we do have a long tail of people paying us like 50 bucks, hundred bucks, that type of thing. Our focus is on $2,000 a month, essentially. Got it. Um, That's kind of like our target ARPU. Um, We probably can be a little bit lax with that. We're bootstrapped, haven't taken any money. And so our mindset is a little screwed up in terms of unit economics, where we want things to be really, really high leverage. Why do you put that Um, so negative?
0: I don't see that as messed up. I see it as (laughs) much smarter than someone who's raised capital.
1: Yeah, well, well well our LTV to CAC is like 20 to 1. So it's like one of those things where um, if I saw that and I was giving someone advice, I would say like, Hey, you can spend more money on acquiring customers right now, especially given some of the other problems in our business. And so I don't say it negatively, like I'm embarrassed. It's more like I am embarrassed from a like optimization efficiency perspective. So, um, yeah, we target, you know, we, we really go after like people who are paying us four figure MRR. Um, and I think our average, our actual average is probably between one and two, not quite at two.
0: Got it. One in 2000. And you mentioned LTV to CAC is 20
1: to one. What are you spending? right now on CAC would you say like it's just people right now we don't spend like we literally just hired our first marketing person like a couple months ago Mm -hmm. Um, we had some outsource spending so if I had to actually quantify it it was probably around 10k a month but that was for people Um, we were spending zero dollars on anything paid yep so
0: you I mean You probably don't care much about this just because of the nature of uh, how profitable you're running the company. But I mean, do you look at a fully weighted CAC, just take all your headcount, divide by new customers that month? Or does that number not mean a lot to you?
1: Um, we do it. We don't do it as like a active exercise, if that makes sense. So it's not like I could literally pull that number for each month for the past year, but we do look at it just in terms of making sure that, um, or, or it's, I should say that we're looking at it more and more because we're going to start spending more money and, and basically investing more in marketing. So, um, we do have very basic LTV to CAC by channel right now. Um, we have very, very basic, um, kind of, um, I call it fragmented CAC, meaning like someone who talked to a salesperson versus someone who did this, just kind of seeing like the different processes through what they went through. Um, But it's not, it's not quite something that we are like, it's reported every single month quite yet. Probably in the next three to six months, we'll have scary numbers that, you know, we can break down to any nth degree we would like. Let me
0: give you a different question, but same kind of economics. Um, How quickly do you like to recover any money you spend on acquisition? In other words, what payback period do you like to optimize for?
1: Yeah, it's really tough because right now the payback period is like, it's pretty quick. I mean, given 20 to one, like it's basically one of those things. You think you get it in the first month, like a month or two months? Yeah. We basically get one to two months recovery. I yeah. mean, th- there are definitely customers that we don't get that because they're paying us 50 bucks and they're on the low end and they were a little bit more touchless. Sure. But for like the target customer we're going after, like our payback period is typically in month one, yep. um, especially in the price intelligence side. So our ARPU over there is probably around 150,000 per year. Um, so it's one of those things where we just kind of get that going right through the door.
0: Because those are consulting gigs really powered by tech.
1: Yep. Exactly. That's yeah. like enabled service. That's what we call yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Well, even in worst case scenario where it is two months payback, if you're trying to get four figure ARPU clients, I mean, that's a grand a month. If your payback and your LTV to CAC is what you said earlier, it's like, you know, two grand on CAC fully weighted and you know, 40 K in LTV, the numbers check out totally. Um, yeah. what's your team size to date?
1: So I believe we just crossed number 38 started today. Okay. Um, and they're they're based mostly based in Boston. And then we have a team of uh six folks in Rosario, Argentina. Got it. I love it when I interview
0: someone who who has listened to other shows because you like know, I know I'm what gonna ask <laughs> I I where like, you're going. You know you I'm gonna to ask where, me, where you're from. I, yeah, yeah. I'm
1: going. It's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when was launch year? like was, let's get this going. When was year one? <laughs> Ah, uh, year one. So uh, it was the middle of twenty twelve. So our Wait. first official year was twenty thirteen. But we had a like it was just me in a room for six months for twenty twelve.
0: And uh, where were you at that moment? I mean, did you have a bunch of saving? I mean, did you have a uh, exit before this, or where was your head at? No, I uh,
1: I I made the naive or lucky mistake. I, I cashed in my Google four hundred one k. I was only there a year and a half. <laughs> How so old were you then? Like huge. Um, I was 24, 25. Okay. Um, and my parent, I come from a blue collar family. So my, my dad, like when I left Google, I worked at another company for just under a year. He was like, what in God's name are you doing? And then when I was like, I'm going to start this thing, he's like, you're insane. Do we need to have an intervention? And so it all. <laughs> thankfully it all worked out so far, but yeah, that's kind of what, what it was like. And then what are you up to now in terms of total customers? Uh, so it's, it's a little bit hard because it's, There's, I actually don't know the count on retain versus um, on on the PI side. I can just give you like total ARR if that makes sense. You mean the price intelligently side? Yeah, the price intelligently side. So I mean they're. historically, we've had about, I believe it was just under 500 customers. Um, the ARPU has been going up, so it's not like we had that same ARPU early on, um, or else we'd all be printing phenomenal amounts of cash. But, um, our latest public number is around like size is, uh, 8 million in terms of ARR. Um, and so it's been, I mean, it's been good. I think for us, it's, We've invested a lot of the profit into building ProfitWell. Um, we didn't know it was going to be a free product out of the gate, and soon it was, it was a free. We had essentially two years before we were monetizing it, so it's one of those things where the bet's paying off at this point. We have about 8,000, as you mentioned, companies using ProfitWell right now, which we're pretty pumped about.
0: Yeah, and if you're if you're trying to target an ARPU of two grand and you said you're at least you know maybe a grand and two grand now, I mean, divide that into the eight million run rate, you're somewhere around 600, 700, 750 customers, something like
1: that. Yeah, that's a blend of both ProfitWell and PI, so it's yeah. probably lower. But it's uh, but it is range. one of those things. Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: What is um as a bootstrap company? Um, I'm hoping yeah. I'm hoping you're going to give me a great growth number here, just to give an example that you can grow and be bootstrapped. What was December 2016 AR run rate? So we about 13 months 3.
1: ago. Three point six.
0: That's great ability. growth. That's almost two. Yeah, that's more than two x year over year.
1: We have doubled or more than doubled every year. I think first 6 months we closed that was in 2012 like June to December I think it was like 126,000. Um What do you I mean by that? 126,000 that was our bookings in 2012. Um and then the first full year, 2013, we closed. I think it was 468 thousand, um, and then basically closed the distance. Basically, now till then.
0: Yep. So December, uh, December 2016, at about 2.6 million in, in ARR run rate, and then 3.6. 3.6. Yeah, 3. Sorry, 3. 6. sorry my, that was my fault. Yeah, yeah. And now December 17, yeah. o- around eight. That's that's really healthy growth. Um, How have you resisted the urge? I'm sure you're getting flooded with inbound, you know, inside venture, all these people going, let us give you money. How have you resisted, excuse me, how have you resisted the urge and would you ever accept and take capital to drive the business?
1: Yeah, for us, it's um, like, you know how it is. I mean, you buy companies and and you sell companies like you know how the game is. It's a function. It's a tool, right? Like that's what equity and capital is. And so for us we whether it's through stupidity or intelligence we we don't have like a very clear reason and of what we would do with that money so i couldn't tell you like right now Hey, if we had three million dollars right now that we raised or eight million dollars that we raised, here's exactly what we would do with it. And for us, like if we don't have that reason in particular, it just doesn't make sense to raise it. So that's kind of how we look at it. I think we may raise money at some point. We're not really interested in like taking any money off the table right now. Um we're not really interested we, like, in the Patrick. Fun. Uh, so it's me right now. I mean, I, I was the core founder. I had a two part-time co-founders who um, were more advisors and they're still part of our board. I was going to say, so that's an oxymoron. Adrian, you
0: can't be a part-time founder. You're either all yeah, in or all out.
1: There's a longer, like, fun story there. It's a good chapter in a book one day. But um, so essentially, so they're, the major stakeholders are myself, our CPO, our GM of PI, um, and then everyone at the company has equity as well. And so, I mean, it's not as much, obviously, as, you know, the the founder and things like that. But um, so we're, I mean, no one's like itching to get out, if that makes sense. And so we're not really interested in raising. I mean, in the next six months, as we figure out and really step on our growth levers and figure out a lot of the questions that you were asking before around, here's our CAC here, here's our CAC here. And we know that might start to incentivize like, hey, we had an extra couple million, like let's just dump it on there because our market, um, I don't think it's winner take all, but I do think it's winner take most in certain places. And so, um, you know, it is a little bit of a race, if you will.
0: Okay, Top Drive. many of you ask me all the time, how did I get my website up so fast, so quickly, and why is it doing so well? The answer is simple. I use PostGator.com to keep the thing cranking along. They've got a 45-day money-back guarantee, which is great. I used their free website builder to get the site up because it's ideal for WordPress. It's just what I use. They've got 4,500 templates and a free e commerce plugin as well, and 24 7 support, which we love, right? We love that. I bug the hell out of them. They always get back to me. So I've got you 30% off along with $100 and free AdWords credit. To grab it, just go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. But you got to do it now. Again, hostgator.com forward slash Nathan churn is obviously critical and most of these things. Now imagine because of the nature of you, your utility metric, if people are paying you, they're making more money than what they're paying you. So churn should be like abysmally low. What's your churn at?
1: It's very low. Um, it's, it's, I think it was less than 1% last year. Gross for logo. Year. Uh, yeah. So I mean, logo, so it's a little bit different. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, I, I think logo churn was less than that. So for the year, so okay. like logo churn might've been like half, like, I would say I couldn't even tell you like a tenth of a percent based on the money. I think we had one person leave because they switched to a billing system that we didn't support, um, but we just didn't, weren't going to, we basically weren't going to prioritize it. And so that was the only time that we lived. And we had a couple people, they just went out of business. And so, you know, we couldn't really control that. And are you at net negative revenue churn? we are right now uh, we probably could be much better than we are we're not really defending a lot of expansion right now okay. I know that's a little bit anti but we just started charging like six months ago seven eight months ago for pro or for retain um so it's one of those things where we've been a little bit like cautious because we're more focused on kind of the acquisition side which i know is a little oxymoronic given some of the things that we publish but mm-hmm. um it's just one of those things that we're focused on and we're just probably going to start defending some of those upsells probably in the next couple of months
0: yep um you, you mentioned you just launched retain where we talked about you're right now doing about eight million in arr where is the majority of your revenue which product is it coming through currently
1: uh the majority of it is coming through price intelligently still um, this year the major goal is to basically change that proportion so it's interesting because what's is, the split the can you give us a split real quick Right now the split, I'm trying to do the math in my head. It's it's probably about two thirds, one third. Okay. Um that's kinda how we looked at it. Um but the funny thing in is, and this is why you mentioned, or this sparked out, you mentioned the VC route. So we, the big goal last year was changing all of our revenue to subscription. So we didn't always have that, even with the PI side. So right now, about 85% of our revenue is subscription. Um, and now the big goal this year is to basically change that proportion, um, you know, to be maybe not 50/50, but to get closer to basically having multiple product lines that are, you know, basically cranking in terms of, you know, subscription revenue.
0: I don't think I followed that. You said currently 85% of subscription base and you want to get that down to more, even 50, 50.
1: No, sorry. Yeah, that was my fault. Um, essentially, uh, before last year, a lot of that PI revenue that was coming in was, which is the agency. It's the agency kind of, Yep. Yep. Exactly, exactly. So the big goal this year was we wanted to get seventy-five percent or more of our revenue to be subscription. So that when we go, if we wanted to raise, it looks, you know, much nicer and all that type of stuff. And it also like if we wanted to sell the company, it also looks a lot better. Um and so we we changed that and we hit the last quarter of this year, we were at eighty-five percent of our revenue being subscription. So we hit that goal. And what I was mentioning is this year, the big goal is to change the proportion of our revenue, which was what you were asking. So making sure that PI or the price intelligently side isn't, you know, two thirds of our revenue, but it's more like half,
0: yep. if that makes sense. Yep. Makes yeah. good sense. Um, how do you beat companies like Bearmetrics?
1: So, um, we haven't really been worried about them as much anymore um, because I think we're, we're definitely like on parity with them. I think our, our big thing has been accuracy. So we found out early on that if the numbers are accurate, people are going to stay with us. Um, and so what we've done is we've spent a ton of time in being the number one, you know, in terms of accuracy, and now it's just getting more and more features. And so we're, we're ahead of them in terms of the n- amount of like dev resources that we have. And so what's, what's started to come uh, come about is basically we're starting to release a lot of features that we're starting to see more churn from them and, and more people to come to us, including, you know, chart mogul as well, which is another, you know, big company in the space. So I think we're, We're thankfully, whether it's arrogant or not, we're thinking about, like, how do we disrupt Looker? Like, that's what we're thinking about. Like, where does that go, especially with a free product? Like, how do we develop that? And that's not going to happen in the next six months. It's going to happen in the next couple of years, essentially.
0: I just had those guys on. Did you hear that interview by chance?
1: I didn't listen to that one. No. Oh, I'll, I'll link you to I it. I should have. Yeah, no, yeah. Frank yeah.
0: Frank and what they're doing. I mean, he, what he? I'm pulling it up right now. He said they, they, they're on track to break hundred million next year. It's all BI. Oh, yeah, it's huge. all BI. Yeah. I mean, had, I mean the, the interesting thing about what you have though, that nobody else really has. Well, first off, um, there's two other companies you mentioned chart mogul, um, and the other one that's escaping me, but, uh, the scale works guys are obviously close to both of those companies. Would you ever pursue acquisition of yeah. those companies to, to grow, to grow your user base quicker?
1: Yep, absolutely. So we uh we're gonna be announcing this. Um here, here's a scoop for you, Nathan. Yeah, uh, I love actually, scoops. Give not, it to me. Uh, yeah. Not not either of those companies, but we uh we are um we are buying another person in the space. Um the deal's closed and we're gonna announce it within the next month or so. Um so it's so the thing is with this space, a lot of people don't realize there's only there's less than 40,000 subscription companies in the entire world. It's not a lot. Um, and that includes media companies, Box of the Month, SaaS, everything. And so for us to be successful, we know that we need to, one, sell into a lot of those and then also make sure that we're selling multiple products. And so the verticalized nature of our analytics um, gives us an advantage to you know a looker who's doing more broad based BI, but because they don't want to get into that market yet, at least. Um, But it also gives us a disadvantage because, you know, the more chart moguls or the more bare metrics that exist in the world, um, obviously, it's it's something that's kind of diminished like our value, we need those users. And that's why free has been really helpful for us. Yep. Let's
0: wrap up here, Patrick, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book?
1: Uh, High output management.
0: Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now?
1: So I know everyone mentions Bezos and I'm also there, but I think for what we're trying to do this year on our marketing side, I've been studying a lot of Bloomberg.
0: Yeah. Number uh, four or number three, um, what's your, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool?
1: Uh, mix I don't know if you heard of this, but it's a, you know, it's a, I think just the, the calendar scheduling is just really, really good with that product. And and we've been using it for a while. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you eat every night? Uh, not enough, about six. <laughs>
0: okay. And what's your situation, Patrick married, single, you have kids?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm not married but probably soon to be if you will um, we'll see if she watches the, the podcast or listens to hey, it there are,
0: two scoops an acquisition and an engagement <laughs> we're gonna have we're gonna have Latka babies soon I love it <laughs>
1: there you go, there All right.
0: you go. So yeah. not married no kids right
1: no kids I have a dog she's a, a dog. year and a half so doesn't count and no. how
0: old are you Patrick I'm 30 30 years old alright last question take us back 10 years what do you wish your 20 year old self knew
1: uh, oh crap um how many things? Uh to take better care of yourself. Um, you know, I, I I've gained a hundred pounds through this business. Um, so it's been one of those things and I like it's not the business's fault. It's definitely my fault, but it's been one of those things where I think I definitely like sacrificed the body a little bit too much in in growing the company.
0: There you guys have it from Patrick. Make sure you're taking care of your body as you're growing your company. He's doing it, in my opinion, the right way. Bootstrapped company, founded back in 2012, went all in, cash in the 401k. Now his team of 38 at Profit Well and Price Intelligently are helping people make smarter decisions about how to price their products and how to retain more of the revenue they've worked so hard to get with their new retention product. They're focused on shifting more of their revenue to a pure play SaaS model this year, but they're well up over an $8 million annual run rate today, up from 3.6 million just 12 or 13 months ago, back in December of 2016. Again, totally bootstrapped, super healthy economics based up there between Boston and Argentina. Patrick, thank you for taking us to the top.